Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. Graham and I have just been away for five weeks overseas. Four weeks was a holiday. Well, five weeks was a holiday. One week was an amazing conference, which was a spiritual holiday and refreshing. So it was all a holiday of various types. And I really felt last year when I booked to go to this conference, an Alpha Leaders Conference in London, which took two parts. It was like a small group from Australia and America and Canada and then a 5,000 people conference for two days. And some of the people who were there were, I don't know if you've heard, some of you will have heard about a revival that happened in a little um, college in America called Asprey. Did anyone hear about this? It happened recently. Beautiful, powerful move of the Holy Spirit. One of the lecturers and some of the students were there. And they talked about what God was um, doing and that it was full of humility and the love of God. And one of the ministers from England who went over there said, I experienced the holiness of God. And he said, and I experienced it as the kindness of God. I haven't heard someone describe the holiness of God as the kindness of God. And I've been meditating on that ever since because it says in Romans that it's actually his kindness that leads us to repentance. The kindness of God. And this revival went on for 16 days and then they said they kept it the way the Holy Spirit started it, with no show. There were no celebrities. People arrived hoping to become celebrities, but they weren't allowed to become celebrities. And when it got to the point where it was going to become a circus, they said the Holy Spirit has done what he wants to do because now it's got to go to other people. And as I listened to what was happening, I thought of our young adults worship night that was here a couple of months ago. And I believe God's starting to do something here amongst our young people. And look, when I look at revivals through the centuries, they're often started by the young people. And that doesn't mean that older people aren't involved in them. They always are. But revival actually means coming back to life. And before we see lots of people coming to know Jesus, we have to see the church coming back to life. And so I really believe that what God is saying first before we start is that if you're a young adult or a youth or involved in young adults or youth ministry here tonight, God is really stirring you up. And it's up to all of us to be praying for you. Because I felt for a couple of years now God is saying to me, I want you to listen to the younger people. So if you're younger people and you want to be heard, I'm ready to listen. And, and God was reminding me of when I was a young adult and uh, I thought some of the older people in the church who didn't want change were just difficult and actually thought, do they even really know Jesus? And uh, now I see that they did and they got so used to doing things some ways that they felt that the way was more important than the message and uh, it's given me greater compassion for them and I felt God saying to me, just make sure that you listen to what I'm doing in the next generation. And so I really want to pray first, before we get anywhere, into the next generation because I really believe God wants to empower you and if you're not in that next generation, I believe that you are called to be a prayer warrior for that next generation and to sow into them and to love them and to bless them and to encourage them and to bear with them when they mess up as God bears with me and others when we mess up. That's his kindness. And so I I just want to start with that. I just feel the Holy Spirit saying to start with that. So if you are young adult, involved in young adults ministry, feeling like a young adult or a youth or involved in youth ministry, I want you to stand up so we can just see you. And I would love us to pray for you 
that the Holy Spirit would fill you tonight and that we, all of us who aren't standing up, could look at you and say, we want you to know we're here to champion you because who knows what God is going to do through you. You don't know, I don't know, but God knows. And the more we avail ourselves of him, the more we're going to see extraordinary things. God always does things bigger than you can ask for or imagine. So don't make your plans too tight. Just be ready. And so you might like to put your hand on someone next to you, even if you're standing up. And if you're not standing up, you could just lean out and touch someone if you want to, or let's pray for them. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers and releases your love, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your healing, your power of reconciliation into each one of us. And so we pray for everyone standing up right now, Lord, that they would have an infilling, a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit, and they would hear you speaking to them. And, Lord, they would throw off anything that would hinder them from running this race well, that they would know that they are called to something much larger than themselves. And if there's anything that holds anyone back, we I pray, Lord, you'll give them the strength to discard it because I just feel the Holy Spirit saying that to you guys. If there is anything, may God show it to you now and may you see it as worthless, but it's up to you to discard it. No one can discard it for you. Only you know what it is and the Holy Spirit. And he's saying to you, discard it now. Get rid of it now because you will miss out on the best and your Heavenly Father wants you to experience the best, the best of his love, the best of his joy, the best of his courage and his strength and the best of his creativity. And he wants you to see a great harvest of people coming in. And so, Father, I pray, fill them with your Holy Spirit. And may they run the race so that one day they stand before you and hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I also believe God is saying it's not always going to be easy, but it's going to be good. And he's going to give you the strength to do it. And you will look back and you will say, I'm so glad I chose this path. So come Holy Spirit, fill them afresh in Jesus' name. Amen. I really believe you guys are set to do something that um, you will look back and you'll be glad that you did it. When Graham and I were away at the sports first part of the conference, we went to different places for different seminars. And uh, one day, well, we had to catch the tube across London. And when we got out, the church was Grace Church Street. And I said to Graham, it's Grace Church Street. And only if you've read Pride and Prejudice would you be excited by that. And he wasn't excited. And uh, I started to say, no, you have to understand, Miss Darcy. And he goes, anyway, don't worry. So, anyway. I eventually found someone who was really excited by that. And they go, wow, you saw Grace Church Street. I said, I did, but no one else was very excited. I taught Pride and Prejudice for about five years, so I can know, I know it's like my best friends, so that's why I was excited to see Grace Church Street. It sounds very boring. So when we went, we went to two churches, and one was the church of William Wilberforce and one was the church of John Newton. Does everyone know who those guys are? Because I, I might need to fill you in, because if you don't know who they are, it's, it's good to know some of the history of what's gone on in the world because um, someone said to me once a couple of years ago, they said something about the church loves slavery, fights for slavery. I said, what, what are you talking about? And this was someone who grew up in a church. I said, what about William Wilberforce? He said, who on earth is William Wilberforce? 
he is the guy who led the abolition of slavery in the 17, late 1700s. I've never heard of him. That's a tragedy, particularly if you're William and you heard someone say that because he nearly died for that. And so we went to his church. He, was, he worked through Parliament and did extraordinary things for the abolition of slavery. And John Newton, who was part of a church down the street, was a man who was a slave trader. So he was a man who took ships over to Africa and stole people and took them to the Americas where they became slaves and the sugar plantations and other plantations where they were treated with great cruelty. And he had a revelation of Jesus. He saw Jesus and he experienced his grace and his kindness and his mercy. And he set about to turn things around. And we sat in his church and heard about innovation in ministry and what can we do now that is innovative. Because we heard about, they gave us just a little photocopied sheet and they said this looks very old-fashioned, but in the 1700s this wasn't. This is an infographic of a slave ship and no one had seen what a slave ship looked like. And then no one saw the conditions and suddenly they were presenting them and they asked people to put them next to their sugar bowl. So when you have friends over for a cup of tea and they put their sugar in their cup of tea, you give them one of those. And so just to let you know, that sugar came at great price. And they did lots of things. And it took them about 40 years to see the abolition of slavery. And we still see it around the world and we have more work to do. But listening to that and sitting in the church of people who really gave their lives up for these things for the sake of people that they'd never met reminds us that when the Holy Spirit fills our heart, he will stir you up to do things and they sometimes they will be hard. And we live in an instant age and we want it to happen like that. But if we're going to lead people in this world to change their hearts and minds, sometimes God will put something on your heart and it's, you're going to spend the rest of your life doing it. And you'll be glad that you did because you will you will rescue people. And so when I went over there, I, I really wanted two things. I really wanted to hear God for two things. What the, what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world at the moment, because COVID has kind of ushered in a new era. And if you look at the history of the world, there are eras all through the world, and it's not like at the end of one year that the era is over and everyone is different. There is a gradual period of change. And we're going through that gradual period of change of what God is doing and you will see it happen over the next few years. And one thing that God is doing is uh, I think he's shaking up the church to actually bring his love to the world. And when you look at surveys of people who aren't Christians, that what the, the top two things they say about Christians is that they're judgmental and they're hypocritical and Christians get offended when they say that. And that's a worry. Because if people are saying that maybe we should say, are we? And if we're not, how come people haven't experienced something different? And I think it's time to get on our knees and say, Jesus, are we really like you? Are we really like you? Because he is not judgmental or hypocritical. And as the week goes on, just check yourself out in your conversations. Are you judgmental? And would your conversation reflect what Jesus would say if he was sitting there? And so we are going into a season where we're going to look at how are we going to share the love of Jesus in the Hunter region. And if, if I said to you tonight, rather than thinking about how is God going to bless you, but how are you going to open up the doors so that every person in the Hunter region can in, engage with the love of God, it would change your thinking straight away. How are you going to do that? Because oh, I can't do it by myself, but together we can. And so... That was the first thing I wanted to hear from God and I want to say just before we go on that I believe God is calling each one of us 
to bring the message to someone. So I want you to think of about seven or eight people in your life who you would love to see sitting in church with you. You would love to see them filled with the Holy Spirit and engaging with the love of God. You'd love to see them healed of the past hurts that are in their life. They may be people who have never encountered Jesus. They may be people who have, and they are in your life. And God is asking you to do something about that. And uh, when, when we were away, we went into a little cafe in France one day and that there was tables for two and tables for four, etc. So we would put a table two, which is probably not much wider than this. And there was a table for four here and they didn't, they spoke a different language. So they're all huddled in talking. And there was another table for two here, but it was literally that, that far from our table, like that. Okay. They're really close. So Graham and I were sitting there chatting and then another couple came in and they were ushered to this table. And even there, there was a gap like that. It was basically the same table. <laughs> And so they sat down and we're sitting like chatting to each other and they're sitting chatting. They were from America so they spoke English and we could hear everything that each other was saying. It was really awkward. So after a while I turned to, I had the man next to me and I turned and I said, the tables are really close, aren't they? And he goes, yes, I did feel like saying sorry, we're late for lunch. And uh, so then we became friends and we had lunch together and we talked a lot and, and that was fun. And uh, But I felt God saying to me through this, sometimes this is what your life is like. You're just so focused on yourself. There's someone I've positioned right next to you and you're not doing anything about it. And it's awkward. You're not talking to them about Jesus. You're not really praying for them. You're not thinking about it very, very much. And they are there in your life and you're the person I've placed there. And you think, well, I don't know what to do about it. So tonight we're going to solve that problem for you. So think for a moment, who are they? They might be your friends. They might be your co-workers. They might be your family members. They might be family members who, from whom you're a little estranged, things that no one talks about, so it's best just to avoid each other. And maybe them. And then there'll be other people, like those people who just randomly get brought into your life, maybe even for a short time. And you don't know why. But if you could start to see yourself differently, if you could start to see yourself as a son or daughter of the living God, as a king or queen in his kingdom who is called to do his work in the world, you would start to see that everyone around you is someone that you are meant to be bringing the love of God into in some way. How on earth are you going to do that? And I was really excited when um, I was at the Alpha course, the Alpha Leaders thing, to hear that because I, I just had this vision in my heart, like we've done Alpha in the cafe and that's been nice. And to me, though, it's a little bit like a few people like to do it because a few people like to invite their friends to discover who Jesus really is, just a few. It's kind of like a little sideline hobby rather than the major call of the church that Jesus sent us out to. It's like we like to come along and be blessed and some of us, the more enthusiastic ones, like to hope that someone else might find Jesus. And let's turn it around. And so when John and Ange, who were running it, messaged me and said, we moved from the cafe to the youth auditorium, to the main auditorium, yes, that's a sign the Holy Spirit is moving. Because on the day of Pentecost, which we celebrate today, the Holy Spirit moved, just not for the people who received the Holy Spirit. 120 received the Holy Spirit, but that very day 3,000 were baptised. So it spread out. And that's what I'm seeing happening, a move of humility, of the love of God, of kindness, and 
it's going to change the world. And so Alpha, now 30 million people have, have seen Alpha so far around the world and their vision is that by 2033, 100 million people have seen it because 2033 is the 2000th, it's not a word you say very much, the 2000th anniversary of the resurrection of the dead, of Jesus. And how amazing that we would see 100 million people have an opportunity to hear about Jesus by then. Well, it's only going to happen every person who loves Jesus on the planet does something about it. And we get to do it here in this beautiful part of the world. And you may think, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, that's all right. We're going to solve that right now. But the other thing I want to share with you, which is a more personal testimony, so that's what I see God doing in a big picture and it's, it's happening. And I tell you, I can see it happening amazingly in London and England, where the church has been very quiet for a long time, but God's doing a new work, and I see it happening here. And we are the ones who need to nurture that. But the other thing I really want us to have is this. Um, when I went over there, I really needed to hear God speak to me personally. So I wanted to hear him speak about the church, but I had this deep desire that he was saying, I'm going to speak to you personally. And so we had this first four-day conference, and Every day was great and every day I'm hearing amazing, exciting things but I'd go home and I'd lie in bed and i think, but I still haven't heard from you clearly about something really personal that I really need to hear God say to me. And I thought, maybe I'm just not meant to. Maybe maybe you didn't say that I was going to come and hear something. And, uh, and it got to the last day. It was a Saturday morning and I only went to lunch on the last day and uh, there were three sessions and they're all great. And the last one was a, an, a bishop who's now in his 80s called Sandy Miller. If you've done the Alpha Course and you've seen Nicky Gumbel, it was his vicar. He was filled with the Holy Spirit many years ago and amazing things started to happen in him and through him. And he finished and he got up and it was all silent. He said, everyone stand. And we all stood and he started praying. And then he said, and so generally at this little conference, Graham and I would come and be in the first or the second row because that's my holy discontent that someone would sit in the front row. But this time we were just a few minutes late and we didn't. So everyone had taken the front row because they all had that holy discontent because most of them were pastors and leaders in the church. And so we were in the back row. And, uh, and then he says, in the silence, there's someone here and you came waiting for God to speak to you. And then he starts to describe the very things that that person needed and Graham looked and he goes, that's you. I know, that's me. And, uh, and the reason I say I was in the back row is because if you want prayer, it's much easier to sit in the front row and just take a little like step out like that so no one notices. But no, I had to walk all the way down the front all by myself and I'm thinking, Oh, maybe a lot of people respond to that, but no, they didn't. Me and two others. And I stood out there and I heard Holy, the Holy Spirit speak to me. And then someone who I didn't know came up and they prayed for me as if they knew me. And that changed me. And that night Graham said, you're really different. I said, I know, because I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And the reason I'm telling you that is because that elderly bishop was spending time listening to the Holy Spirit and I was blessed. He doesn't even know me. But he spent time out for the sake of someone else. And I want us to be a group of people like that who spend time out with the Lord listening on behalf of Jesus for someone else that you are ready to speak words of life into someone else's life. And it won't happen without prayer. And so in this new challenge that we're moving into called Sowing Love, we've been reading a book called 
BLESS, it's, it's titled BLESS, but it's an acronym, B-L-E-S-S, I know you know how to spell BLESS, but each letter stands for something. And I'm just, just going to touch briefly on the very first one, which is the B, which is begin with prayer. But when I said to Graham, that's what I'm doing, he said, but what is the L-E-S-S? I need to know this. So for those of you who need big picture before we get to small, a quick overview of the L-E-S-S. L is listen. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you're planning what you're going to say next and half listening to what they're saying? And God is saying, can you be people actually listen and understand people? Try to understand people. Listen, ask questions. Did anyone ever study To Kill a Mockingbird at school? I saw the play when I was away and uh, there's, a, there's a lawyer in that this, who stands up for a black man who's been falsely accused, accused of rape in the United States and he has this ability to love people. It's a powerful play. It ends with a psalm and a hymn and it was beautiful. But what he says is you don't judge people. You have to, to get into their skin and crawl around a bit to understand them. And he does that for everyone, for the oppressors in the story and the oppressed. Because it's easy to say, I just want to understand the beaten down. But you also need to understand why some people do the things that they do that are wicked. That's the heart that God wants us to have for all people because that's his heart. Because when you are messed up and do the wrong things and hurt people, he understands why and he's there to heal you. That's what we're being called to do. That's the listen. E is for eat, get together, be friends with people, have them around. S is for serve, do things for people. And finally, S is to share your story. But tonight we're going to talk about begin with prayer. And sometimes when you say that, people will think, oh, just the prayer thing, you know. But this is the most important part of this. Prayer is like breathing because when you breathe, you breathe in oxygen which brings life to you and when you breathe out, you breathe out carbon dioxide which brings life to the plants that around us. And as you think of breathing, you breathe, prayer is like the Holy Spirit filling you and you listen to God and then you have life to breathe out into the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's as simple as that. Every time you're conscious of your breathing, think of being filled with the Holy Spirit, listening to him and then bringing some life into the world because prayer begins with listening. And sometimes you just think of prayer, or I just think of prayer as a list of requests, and it's far more than that. Jesus said, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God, which is not a condemnation or a criticism. It's just a statement of a fact. It's like if someone is speaking to you in Japanese and you can't understand them, the reason is that you don't speak Japanese. And if you want to understand them, learn Japanese. And if you want to hear the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Learn how to understand the language of the Spirit. Don't think it's being condemning. Take the fact to say, hey, I'm not hearing I'm not hearing from God. Maybe I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe I don't know that language. And then we can start to move into where he's, he's taking us to. Because you see, Jesus actually spent a lot of time in prayer. And Jesus is the Son of God, so remember this. And the, even before he chose his disciples, it says in Luke 6, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and he spent the night praying to God and when morning came he called his disciples to him. So he went and prayed to decide who was going to start this grand mission into the world and he chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. They were Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon who was called the Zealot, James, Judas, son of James and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. He chose someone who betrayed him. 
So he chose this group of people through prayer who actually did begin to turn the world upside down. And he was right. But most of us probably wouldn't have chosen them. We would have chosen someone who had some sort of theological degree of the day. But the ones that Jesus picked up were not your obvious choices to go on a world-changing mission. They were common fishermen, corrupt tax collectors, violent political revolutionaries, and a lot of them were just like nobodies. That's who he chose after his night in prayer. Because when you listen to the Holy Spirit, sometimes you'll hear something that you didn't expect. And then when Jesus sent his disciples out, after Jesus rose from the dead and the church was birthed, they listened to what the Holy Spirit was telling them to do. The question for us is, as followers of Jesus, do we wake up every day and spend some time listening to what he's telling us to do? And do we have those people that are in our hearts and minds who we really want to encounter Jesus? And do we listen to what he's telling us to do for them today or this week? Or do we just hope something's going to happen and forget that you have been commissioned to go into all the world and share this good news? we listen because this is what these guys did in Acts 8 we read that Paul during the night had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him come over to Macedonia and help us and after Paul had seen the vision we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them and then you read um, in Acts again about a man called Philip now an angel of the Lord said to Philip go south to the road the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza Very specific, so he could really hear the Holy Spirit. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch who was an important official um, with the Queen of Ethiopia. And this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot, stay near it. That's really listening to the Holy Spirit. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And the end of the story is that he leads Philip, he leads the man to Christ and they find a pool of water and they baptise him because he's ready. He's listening to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's scary because you get this story about this, this guy, Paul, that we're talking about. He used to be a persecutor of Christians. And persecuting in Christians in those days was not just saying, I disagree with you. It was... Um, catching them, throwing them into jail and sometimes having them executed for being followers of Jesus. And uh, But Paul has this encounter with Jesus and when he's struck down by this lightning, for three days he's blind and he's taken somewhere where he's waiting for something to happen and in Damascus. And it says, in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias and the Lord called to him in a vision says, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered, because he listens. And the Lord said to him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, specific address. If anyone's been to Damascus, go and see if there's still Straight Street and see who lives there now. And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he seemed a man named Ananias, which is you, come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now, Ananias wasn't excited about this one. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem and he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Just reminding you, God, that's the problem. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And do you know what I hear in all those stories? Those people are actually friends of God. 
they're not just people who say they believe in Jesus. They're actually his friends. And Jesus said, no longer do I call you my servants, I call you my friends. You're his friend. You're actually his friend. And you get to be filled with his Holy Spirit because that friendship goes with you everywhere. And he speaks to you if you will take time to listen. And this is how your prayer becomes. It becomes a listening prayer. Because it's always been God's dream to bless the world through his people. This is the amazing thing. This is nothing new. This is centuries old. It's always been his dream to bless the world through his people. He began with the 12 tribes of Israel, which I won't go into explain tonight if you don't know about them, but we read about them in the Old Testament, the 12 tribes of Israel. But along the way they kept focusing on themselves, their needs, and their status as God's chosen people. Does that sound slightly familiar? They focused on themselves and their needs and their status as God's chosen people. And they forgot that they were blessed to be a blessing and that through them the, all the other nations around them would see how good their God is. The other nations would see their kindness. The other nations would see the blessing of God in their lives. But they became self-focused. They didn't understand that the mission wasn't just for them to be blessed but to be a blessing. But God didn't give up. Some people say that when Jesus blessed his 12 disciples, it was like, I'm going to start this again. But this, this blessed, blessed to be a blessing goes back way before the 12 tribes of Israel. I don't know if you realise this, but in Genesis 12, and if you're not familiar with the Bible, Genesis is the very first book of the Bible, and there's a man called Abraham whom God calls, and God says to him, I will bless you and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And at that stage he didn't have any children at all. And God was going to bless him and his family and his family and it's going to go on. And he had to have immense faith. And then in Galatians, just want you to get this picture together because this is really important. If you don't know your Bible, you can go and look this up and understand a little bit more. If you do know your Bible, I really want you to focus on this. In Galatians 3, it says, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance. The gospel is the good news in advance to Abraham. So Abraham, back in Genesis, the gospel, the good news was announced to him. It's not just a new thing. And this was it. All nations, this is the good news, all nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Jesus redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So you... To receive the promise of the Spirit is to receive the greatest blessing because it means friendship with God, the ultimate reconciliation, you and God, and you get to hear him. You get to listen to him and you don't just get to keep it for yourself. You get to listen to him and you get to do surprising things and you say, Lord, who do you want me to bless today? Who do you want me to care for today? Who do you want me to pray for today? Who do you want me to share with today? Who do you want me to invite to Alpha when the next one comes? Who do you want me to send a prayer to? Whatever it is that the Holy... I don't know what the Holy Spirit will say to you. He said to Philip, go up to that chariot. I can't prescribe that. I don't know what he will say. All I'm saying is your prayer begins with listening, listening to what the Father is saying to you. Because through the Holy Spirit within you, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But what is the, the way to? The rest of the verse says it. No one comes to the Father but by me. And Jesus said, eternal life is this, to know me and to know the Father who sent me. So eternal life, 
It's not just some people say, if I do this, will I get to heaven? Like It's just a totally different way of thinking. Eternal life is knowing him. You're filled with him and you know him. You know him and he's perfect. Like Gabby called him pure love in that song. He's pure love. He doesn't just love, he is, he is love. He's pure joy and he's pure peace and he's power. He's kindness and he's gentleness and you get to be filled with him. And so as you come to pray, I want you to think of those seven or eight people and then be ready for the random people that you encounter and, and avail yourself to the Holy Spirit to be his friend so that you're ready to listen on their behalf because they need you, because they're in your life for a reason. Now some of you might be thinking, why did Jesus pray if he's God? Well, let me give you two reasons. One, because he was God in the flesh, so he prayed. And secondly, because he's showing us how to live fully human and a fully human human being is one who is alive with the Holy Spirit. And one who is alive with the Holy Spirit is so much in this relationship with the Father that you long to pray, you long just to be part of what he's doing in the world. And so some of you might say, like we all say, well, I don't know how to pray or I'm too busy to pray or I've prayed and it doesn't always work. Well, let me tell you this. I don't always know how to pray either. If you know perfectly how to pray in every situation, you must be almost God because prayer is your journey of your life. And you just have to keep pushing in and learn and ask God, teach me to pray. So don't give up if you don't know how. Sometimes just a cry from your heart is all it needs. And ask, learn from people. But learn how to pray. Don't say, I just, I don't know how to pray. You know, you never said that well when you were taught reading in kinder. Well, I don't know how to read. Well, let's start learning because there's lots of things to learn. Secondly, I'm too busy. Well, you have to sort that out. Um, if you do think you're too busy, I'd say that your heart hasn't been captured with what the Holy Spirit can do through you and it hasn't seemed as exciting as it should be to you. And uh, once you ask the Holy Spirit to capture your heart, too busy will just fade away and you'll find that you're never too busy to pray because the Holy Spirit is always with you. You can pray anywhere you are. And thirdly, you might say, well, I've prayed before and God didn't answer my prayer. Well, Yes, everyone can say that's happened to them. I'd say God probably did answer it. God cares for you and he's leading you and nurturing you. It's like I had my two little grandsons out yesterday and um, if I answered every request they wanted, I'd probably be broke and fat. And so I didn't say yes to everything. But I still gave them a lot of fun and I gave them what I thought was going to be more fun than ice creams all day. And sometimes God restrains things because he has a, big, a bigger plan and a better picture. And if you trust in his love, when you don't get the answers to prayer, you keep coming back to him. And so in prayer, we open ourselves to God and the leading of his spirit. And in prayer, we focus our minds to recognize his promptings. And so let's pray. You'll find on, the, on your car, on your seat, a little card. And it says a moment for prayer. And uh, I don't want to just tell you about this. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. And if you don't know how to pray, we've made it very simple for you. If you do know how to pray, we've made it very simple for you. Because I believe there's someone in each of our hearts and God is calling us to start praying for them and he's calling us to start listening for them and to be a blessing into the world. You are blessed to be a blessing. And I believe God is saying it's time for the church to start truly revealing the love of God to the world. And that means just letting him do the work he wants to do, which
which is change hearts and minds and bless people and you just be ready to love them, just to love, just simply to love. So on this card there's several prayers and there's gaps where you can fill in the names of people and there's an opportunity, there's a question. Lord, how may I love them this week on your behalf as you love me? And wait and hear what he might say to you. Show me how I can live a life of thanksgiving this week. Wait and hear what he might say to you. So we're just going to take a time of silence. You have a prayer card. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll pray for you first and then see what God will do. Father, we pray for each one of us tonight. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Just as you wait upon the Lord, if you want to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit or filled for the first time, just put your hands in front of you and just say, Breathe on me, Father, with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. And Father, may all of us be vessels of your love and your blessing into the world. May we all hear you and follow you. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you have placed on our hearts. Wake us up to them every day, Lord, not with fear or worry, but with gladness and joy as we know that you are about to do something good in all the lives of the people that you have placed on our hearts. Give us the faith for that, Lord. May we trust ourselves to you and not worry about ourselves as we think of the world around us, the things you've called us to be passionate about, the people you've called us to love. May we be like Jesus in this world. So just take some silence now with your prayer. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.